0: I know you are hurting. I know you are frustrated. I know you are angry. I know it's been a crap day. We're excited for a baby and we get a negative outing, but take heart, no matter how bad your day is, at least you are not Akil Badu, the king of the dickache. Now we'll get into that and so much more on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. Sorry if that was a little too off the cuff there with the the comment, but uh, it's true. Uh, if you missed the replay, it's about the only good thing to watch in that game outside of Jose's home run. I want to thank you for making lockdown guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is, you get podcasts. We especially appreciate all of you every day uh, right now in this time where, uh, this is not a fun team to follow. And we understand that. And those of you sticking with us, we appreciate you all the more for doing that. But, uh, yeah, uh, this was, listen i you know i just sit here and take it on the chin right i warned everyone this is going to happen i finally activated bybee and uh oh yeah, yeah it's your fault
1: jeff i forgot it's, it's all totally fault. my
0: fault so I, i'll just i'll take that like hit there. jeff as usual team injury You can blame me for espino and you can blame me for bybee it's Man. all my fault
1: Anybody in your fantasy team, if you have them, just like Jeff. Uh, know. My, Jeff in, on
0: my so rare team, I've got uh, Jimenez, and I've got zanino and I got Class A. So it's just, hey, look, hey, I'm I'm just bringing everything down. You are.
1: Oh, you know what? The worst thing is, like, it's fun to be good. It's not fun to be bad, but at least it's like interesting. Like you're, you know, rebuilding or you're looking towards the future. This team. Still looking towards the future, but it's just everything is kind of stuck in the mud. They're still a young team. They're still the youngest team in the majors. But, like, right now, I don't think even Ernest Hemingway could find the words for this
0: team. It's just so no, it frustrating. Drive, it would drive Ernest Hemingway to how he met his end. Uh, yes, pretty much. The yeah, there's, there's not – I don't think
1: even he could put words on this right now. It's the same offense over and over. I mean – I said on Lockdown Now, right after the game was over, if you want to go watch that, you want to watch another Minute of Misery, it's May 8th, and we have run out of ways to describe. This team cannot score, and there's not really much being done. There's nothing you can really do. We're going to get into that later in the show, too. There's really not much you can do, but every night it's either they can't get on base, or when they do, they can't get the big hit, and again, I don't know how much of that comes down to the fact that this team doesn't hit the ball hard. I mean, they're like the third hardest team to strike out in baseball. I'm sorry, fifth hardest team to strike out in baseball. But they are like 27 out of 30 teams at exit and, and hard hit rate. Like this team doesn't hit the ball hard. Nobody hits on, on this team. It's the ball hard. Josh Bell occasionally does. Josh Naylor occasionally does. Mike Sanino does when he makes contact. You know, Jose's never been a big ex velocity guy, but he did it the home run of the night. But this is what happens when you build a team out of the same player over and over. By the way, those who are clamoring about DHs and offense and that kind of stuff, the uh, Royals uh, DFA'd Mel Reyes. So if you think that the Guardians made a mistake letting him go, he can't hack it on the Royals. And the Royals probably have a better offense than Cleveland, and he didn't stick there. Everyone so.
0: has a better offense than Cleveland.
1: Yeah, well, if Randall Reyes wasn't sticking there, he sure wasn't going to help this team. So, um, yeah, you just when you build your team out of offense like this, it's a young team, and like I said, I I just am running out of words. You know, they they had chances again. They did. They were one for nine with runners in scoring position. They had what ten runners on base tonight, uh, in total, if you count the four walks and the
0: the six hits. I mean, and of course, you know, also hit the, the error on Detroit side, which gives you an opportunity. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, I talk about my box score bingo, which is essentially, you know, errors plus walks, plus intentional walks plus errors divided by three. And that's roughly how many runs per game. Basically, if you get three base runners, you can expect a run from it. I think every single game over the last three weeks where I've done this, Cleveland is two runs, not just a run, but like two runs below the expectation. They cannot put anything together. And again, part of the problem here is, 10 flipping base runners, no attempted steals. On noted defensive specialist, Eric Haas. For those who don't know, Eric Haas was basically, the reason he was cut by the Guardians is they didn't believe in him defensively. You know, that was back when they're putting such a huge value on it. Not only would Eric Haas be, you know, their number two hitter right now, uh, but you got a guy that you guys thought so, I mean, his arm is is solid, uh, but it's, you know, at best, he's an average defender. Uh, By your own scouting reports. If they thought he could be more than an average defender, they never cut him because it was a plus power profile, but they cut him and I have to go and look who they released. You know, it's going to be one of those things where like, you know, JB shuck cost them. I can't think of who now, like uh, uh, Anthony Santander. Like, I think that was basically like, that was that off season. So I'd have to go look, but it's like Eric Haas, you, you didn't believe in his defense when he was here. 10 base runners, no, not one attempted to steal, not, not one.
1: Now you got to put the guardians running game on the milk carton. Has anybody seen the guardians running game? It is. They've still, you know, they, they piled up a lot of stolen bases. So if you look at the cumulative steals on the season, it looks like they're running a lot, but they just have stopped running the last two weeks. And again, we, this is the same thing we said yesterday. Are they not running because <clears throat> they're afraid to run into outs when they have runners on base? Like, and that doesn't make sense. This team literally won the games they did last year because of fantastic base running. And I think when they're on base, when they go first to third, they still do a good job of that. But yeah, no steals. I mean, who who was on base night? And you had, like you said, you had.
0: Uh, had a walk. Quan uh, had a hit and a walk. Rosario had a hit and a walk. Josh Rosario had, had a, a walk. Okay. Yeah. If
1: Rosario gets on base two times in the game. He should never have less than two steals. I mean, Yeah, I don't love him running in front of of Jose Ramirez and and running into an out in front of him. But at the same time, the rules are set up for guys like Ahmed Rosario to run. That is his one good skill. He runs very well. And like you said, running on Erika should have been a little easier and the rules make it easier. Remember remember the episode we did on on 538 stat about the Manfred stat about how all the new rules were designed for the Guardians to take advantage of it? They have not taken advantage of any of these rules. They did it early. I just don't understand why they're not running. I don't know if anybody's asked that question. I don't know what's going on, but they just are not running anymore. I mean, Will Brennan was on first and Andre Semenes was on third with miles straw up. Will Brennan should be on second base. Not that it mattered because that was the guardians best scoring opportunity after Jose's home run was, was the seventh inning. Kwan had a, a 10 pitch at bat against Jason Foley.
0: They're not going to throw it. Like why, why not take a free base? You'll probably get pitches in difference. Why not take it? Right. There's two
1: outs. And Kwan's up, or even with Straw, there's one out, and Brennan's on first and Jimenez is on third. They are not throwing through to second base. And then yeah, and then Kwan comes up with two outs. He has a 10-pitch at bat. That was with two on. That was their best chance to score at that point. And that point in the game, it was only uh four to two. And I'm sorry, it was five to two at that point. But yeah, I mean, they just aren't, aren't running the bases, and it's just very be funning if this team wants to generate more runs, like you said, instead of bunting, just run. I mean, I'll, I'll even take a—I mean, a bunt for a hit from Straw with one out. You had a runner on third base, you could have dropped down a bunt, and Andres Jimenez could have scored. You know, he loves to slide into bases, he can slide into home there. Like, it's the base that makes the most sense to slide into, right? Dropped out a, a bunt for a hit and let Jimenez score. I don't know, it's just it's wild. And you know, Will Brennan comes into the game as a pinch hitter and he got a hit, which is great, but it's like is that really going to help Will Brennan get out of the funk he's in? He went on to strike out another at-bat against a lefty, because shocker of all shockers, the twin, or the twin Tigers figured out what everybody else knows. You throw lefties against the Guardians, they lose. Joey Wentz, you know, pitched okay. Wentz, they pitched great. And then J- Jason Shreve came in, who's got like a 6 ERA this year, you know, gives the Tigers an inning and two-thirds scoreless, and he's been not good. I don't know if he's had like one bad blow-up outing and that inflated his ERA, but, you know, he fa- – they. It, and that's everything. thing. At that point, Josh Naylor was in the game at that point, so he had to face Shreve. Will Brennan was in the game at that point. He had to face Shreve, and he had a, a miserable bat against him. I don't know. I mean, we're going to talk about it later, about there's really not much that can be done right now. But the lack of running is, is really...
0: Shreve did have one five-run game, but he also had two other games. He gave up one run, so he's made... This was his sixth appearance, and in three of those six, he has given up a run, so it's not like it's all that.
1: All right, well, we have crapped on the offense enough again. No,
0: we haven't. There's never enough crapping on this offense because this offense is just a steaming pile at all times (laughs) right now. There's no other way around it. They they can't hit with guys on base. They can't hit to get on base. They can't run the bases. Uh, They sit there like cement statues once they get on base. They can't get anything together. The top of this line, they got two runs, even though Jose hit a home run. And the top of this lineup, Quan reached base twice. Ahmed Rosario reached base twice. Josh Bell reached base twice. Jose Ramirez homered. That's your first four. And you get two runs out of that? Like, that is a serious issue. Like, that is a situation where this goes beyond. Like, they need to have a meeting. They need to sit down and figure something out. They need to... Someone needs to go explain to Tito that they changed the bases because right now, like, he doesn't know that there was changes. Uh, if you need a meeting on May eighth, I'm sorry. Like I, the Card- the Cardinals have really are in really bad shape,
1: and the Guardians are helped out by this bad division. And that's not an excuse, but like, if you need a one and four uh, against the Tigers right now, they need a meeting. Hey, the Tigers are a better team. Don't say that the Tigers might just be a better team. They might be. I don't know. Um but if you need like a, a serious come to Jesus team mo- team meeting moment here on May 8th, I don't think you're in good shape the rest of the year. You, you should not need one of those meetings on May 8th. I don't think it's happened. And I'm not saying they need one either. I'm just saying if that's true, if that's true, if you need one of those meetings on May 8th, you have a long season ahead of you. All right. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about Tanner Bybee who, you know, didn't matter how good he batter pitched though. And he would have been victimized by the lack of offense. So, We'll talk about Bybee and some steaming bad takes about Tanner Bybee's outing tonight as well. Uh, in just a moment. It's your wonderful friend at FanDuel. Uh, I don't know if we're still taking the over on the Cleveland guardians. When it comes to FanDuel this year, we did tell you that was one of the bets you should have taken. Uh, maybe we need to go ahead and change that, but, uh, Yeah, go check out our lovely friends at FanDuel while uh, you still can and uh, make some bets that are going to help you out. Locked on listeners are going to get a uh, free bonus bet. I'll tell you about that here. in just. The no-sweat first bet, right? Up to $1,000? Yes, the no-sweat $1,000 free bonus bet. Uh, If your first bet doesn't win, that's $1,000 back. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action in the NBA uh, or – on your favorite scoreless baseball team, visit fanduelcom slash lockdown and get a no sweat for a swept a thousand dollars. That's Fandle.com slash lockdown. Fandu,
0: the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And remind you to check out tomorrow's action, all that hot offensive action on Sirius XM radio. Uh, they will have the game at, uh, six my time so what seven year time is that the tomorrow start time with uh no, I, believe it's
1: six. I believe it's six ten again tomorrow
0: six ten again okay uh so then yes. five ten my time uh but mm-hmm. uh bieber versus uh it doesn't Lorenzen. Lorenzen. doesn't That's matter the matter. guardians will make him look like <laughs> doesn't a it doesn't matter he'll look like a Cy young winner tomorrow night yeah
1: all right unfortunately i have to say some be- not not so great things about tanner bobby tonight but uh you know he said this is a guy who's had three triple a starts this is his third major league start. it's a sixth start of the year and uh you know he was in high eight this time last year and look we both think he's ready for the majors maybe i mean maybe he's not obviously he's not a finished product no one's saying he is uh it doesn't mean he wasn't ready for the majors but this is his third major league start and um you know, it wasn't great he threw 37 of his 67 pitches for strikes. It seemed like when he wasn't throwing his fastball for a ball, it was middle of the plate. The Tigers took advantage, um, left a couple of hanging breaking balls up. The one that was really disappointing was the the one to Riley Green. So the one at bat, Riley Green just got under it and popped it out to right field. And the next at bat, he kind of did it again, and he hung it higher in the air, and Riley Green hit it for a double. I think that was the end of Tanner's night at that point. So Yeah, it was his last uh, batter. Yeah, and you don't want to get beat on your – essentially your worst pitch like Tanner's curveball is you know probably average it's a it's a a strike stealer that gives guys a different look and and it's probably his worst pitch out of all his pitches which you know if you're if your worst pitch is average or fringe average you're probably in good shape but uh not a pitch you want to get beat on in that situation but look he had four called strikes on the fastball uh the Tigers did not swing and miss his fastball all night because again I think it was because he either wasn't throwing it for a strike or if he did he threw it down the middle of the plate uh, Slider still got plenty of swings and misses. The curveball did get two swings and misses, and uh, didn't really go to his changeup that much. Um, not sure if that really mattered, but you know he just didn't throw strikes tonight. That's that's really what it was. And when he did, he was over the middle of the plate. And the Tigers, to their credit, have been hitting well lately. I mean, uh, Eric Haas, we're gonna talk about him in a minute. He was on fire and would be one of the best pit hitters on the Guardians team if he was still in the Cleveland system. Ouch. Uh, Riley Green's been better lately. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but uh, I want to go ahead and say, I saw one take on Twitter that I did not agree with. And someone said, uh, this is a guy who had a, a four something walks per nine innings in the minors. And he wasn't shocked that he was having control problems. That four or whatever walks per nine innings in the minors was based off of three starts where Tanner walked five in one start. And there two starts weren't even close to that. If your data model says that this guy has bad control because of three minor league starts, you clearly have not watched him pitch. Uh, I'm, I'm a big numbers guy as much as anybody. I love data. I, I think numbers are great. There's a lot of things you can predict based on stats when they stabilized. Uh, this is not one of them. If you are relying on data from three minor league starts to say, oh, this guy's not good. I mean, if I were to just watch that one Tanner Bybee start and not worry about data in the minors where he walked five batters, I wouldn't come away saying this guy can't throw strikes because it's one start. You can't judge a player on stats or your eyes based on three outings. it's bad and if you are giving people fantasy baseball advice based on three outings of data in the minor leagues uh, without watching or reading anything else, you are giving bad advice. it is out of context and you should feel bad about it.
0: yeah, I feel and, better now <laughs> here's what I'll say. One can make a case that Tanner Vibey has had the worst month of his pro career in the last month. Uh, now having said that, you can view that as a positive or a negative. And maybe both uh, that start in triple a was maybe his worst start. I had seen him have in the minors. Uh, th- he did have, he had more walks and strikeout or yeah. more walks yes. and strikeout. Yeah. Don't see that. You know, and I felt like a lot of the anger today is I, I could just see people's parlays falling apart uh, because everyone's like, Oh, you know, he has struck, he has struck out so many guys and the tigers are a swing heavy team. For whatever reason, the Tigers showed up today and we're not a swing heavy team, a team that normally strikes out a bunch showed restraint. It was odd. Uh, But I think they could show restraint because he just didn't have his best top. He wasn't able to set things up and it was not a great game for him. Now we, having said that this is probably his worst, you know, month or so of starts. He also had two fantastic big league starts. I still think he's probably going to end up back in AAA at some point because when this team gets healthy, do you send him down or do you send down Logan Allen? And if you're out there saying they're never going to get healthy, you know, I understand that view. And I I think that the Tanner is totally, Strong enough to stay. I'm not saying he needs to be sent down after this. What I'm saying is, I still think that you know this becomes another you know rational reason to avoid a super two situation further down the line when the rest of the staff gets healthy. Um, But he is fantastic, and uh, you know I was kind of curious, so I typed his name into Twitter. the The amount of negative reactions because his third start was not great. Yes, the Tigers are terrible. You want him to dominate in these. The Tigers
1: are in second place, Jeff. The Guardians are in third.
0: The Tigers Stop calling a, them a
1: bad team. A bad the Guardians team. are a bad team. The no, Tigers but, are okay. No, the bad.
0: Tigers are a terrible team too. I mean, these are the two worst offenses in baseball, facing each other. This is a bad. These are these are these offenses. You know, it, I've seen. No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut myself off there. Um, I, I'm not gonna get myself in trouble. These offenses are they're they're horrible. And, and yes, but he's a young pitcher. There's gonna be ups and downs. That is the way of the game. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. I still think he's the future ace of this team. And like, I, I don't know. I just sat there tonight watching this team struggle until I was like, uh, I can't, I'm going to go, I'm going to go watch the, the NHL lotto. And then and how'd that turn out for you? Kicked in the nards twice in one night. You were uh, a kill, dude, I was, <laughs> I was, but so
1: you had a bat. you had a night. Uh, bad as kill Badoon, but
0: mean. you know, uh, I don't know. Any team I'm sorry if you're a Chicago fan, but I just I really don't like after everything that's happened with the Blackhawks. Like that was like the oh, worst possible yeah. outcome. Yeah. Um for me. I was like, give it to anyone else. Like let, let him go home to Vancouver. Like, you know, anything other than <laughs> than that outcome. But to go back to baseball, it's like we're talking about hockey here. Jeez. Hockey, sorry. But like uh, you know, I'm just sitting there watching this team and I'm like, Well, how can he stick around? And I I was just sitting there being like, Okay, so if we trade Shane Beaver to the Cardinals, like what is the top return we could get? Could you do, walker? You, could you see? I don't think you, but I'm like, is there a world where you do like Bieber and can get newt bar? Probably not, but maybe like, is there a world where you can get something like that? Interesting. How much does a year and a half of Bieber have? Can we get a, a flip an outfielder who can hit his weight? That's all I want. An outfielder who can hit their weight. Uh Because, and again, Quan is having a solid steady year, but we need someone who is more than like solid steady. You know, we, we need one thumper in this lineup somewhere. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of my desperation. I, I'm still fully in on, on Bieber. He had an up and down outing. And when I say I think he's gonna end up in the minors at some point, it's for no other reason than service time.
1: Yeah, I, I'm definitely in a camp that I think that uh he won't go back down just because that'll that'll pop up and I don't know, you just can't trust any of it. But I'm not I think he'll pitch too well to do that. They'll make another decision. But who knows what that looks like. I mean, we we could still be a month away from this even happening having to happen so uh all right so you know jeff talked about uh when they need a hitter but uh i don't think big changes are coming we are gonna no. talk about that in just a second along with uh, hey david fry actually exists we have proof and then we'll talk about uh shane Bieber and michael lorenzen on tuesday And like we said, Shane Bieber, Michael Lorenzen, you can catch first pitch at 610 Eastern or 510 if you're living out by Jeff or I don't know, what is it four? It would be 410 walking out in time.
0: Uh, And then uh, 310 if you're in California, uh, 210 for Alaska, right? And 110 in the afternoon if you're in Hawaii.
1: I could go for some 110 baseball in Hawaii. You want to know what? I would not be as mad about this team's offense if I lived in Hawaii because I would live in Hawaii and I would say, you know what? the game's over at three o'clock or 2 our games and I would uh, go out and catch some waves.
0: <laughs> ask Joey Cantello about it next time you get a chance to go to Akron.
1: Yeah, that might happen. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll ask him about how it is to play for a team that also can't score in Akron. Yeah. Um, yeah speaking of, of other teams that can't score, look, the guardians, I know people want to say, well, they should pinch hit this guy or they should bring this guy up. They should do that. Like, yeah, we, we talked yesterday about, you know, Rocchio needs a chance at some point. He's hitting well, and and it's better than what's going on. I think we all know who Ahmed Rosario is. Like, he might get hot here in a few weeks, and he might go, you know, 11 for 17 at some point with, with like, five singles and a triple, and maybe he'll even steal a base if he remembers how to do that, if anybody remembers how to do that. But, like, you know who Ahmed Rosario is, and, and how much of a bigger hole is he going to dig for him to dig himself out and become a league-average bat again this year? Because that's what he's been, is a league-average bat. Is Brian Rocchio going to be better than that? Maybe. I mean, we think so. People also thought that Ahmed Rosario was going to be better than that as a prospect. So there are no guarantees. And my my whole point of this is yeah, like you could decide that, okay, we're done with Cam Gallagher, even though they really seem to like how he's handling the pitching staff and it's a backup catcher role and they always value defense and leadership in that role. You can, you can part-time Bo Naylor with Mike Sonino, you can bring up Rocchio and, Maybe in a month from now you see Valera once he gets the AAA and his feet are under him. If he's hitting well, if he's not doing well, God only knows it's going to happen. Uh, if that wrist is even healthy, if it stays healthy, but like these are these are the big ch- that's it. You're just going to call it more rookies and maybe that works. It worked last year, but like big changes aren't coming here. The, the team that's here has to figure it out. Like you can send Will Brennan back to AAA for Valera. You can play Gabriel Arias in right field and hope he catches fire and he turns into what. You know, his offensive upside is. But Josh Bell's got to figure it out. Stephen Kwan's got to, you know, bring – Stephen Kwan's not really the problem. He's fine. He's not as good as he was a year ago. You know, Andre Jimenez is making $100 million, and he's not hitting right now. Luckily, his defense hasn't slipped. I want to talk about that too. But the guys that are here have to play. They have to hit. They have to improve. This team is who they are. They built a young team around contact and speed. And they hope that some of these guys' contact rates, they could teach them to hit for a little bit of power. That hasn't happened. Uh, they banked a lot. They banked a lot on Tyler Freeman's types mm-hmm. and Will Brennan's. And maybe it works. It's too mm-hmm. soon to say it's not going to work, but it's not working right now. And things aren't changing. This is a young forty-man roster with more prospects on it down below. Like it's not like you have a bunch of thirty-one-year. You don't. You don't have Nick Swisher, or Michael Bourne eating up. Fifty percent of your payroll and not hitting, and they're thirty-four years old, and you're just going to cut them and get Chris Johnson back before he gets bit by a spider? Like, that's not happening. These guys are playing. Andre Jimenez is making a hundred million dollars. He has to hit. Mike Sonino. I mean, you could move on from him and hope Bo Naylor is better, but he's still a rookie. You're not guaranteed anything. And maybe you could say you feel better about a bunch of other rookies, but this team's already young as it is. So big changes aren't coming. Like, they're, you're, not, you're not going to get Matt Olson and Sean Murphy now. It's too late. These guys have to hit. They have to figure it out. They are The guys who are here have to play.
0: So I, I do want to just throw one thing out. Do you care to have a guess at, you know, for Ahmed Rosario, big name prospect, you know, huge upside, top 10 prospect in baseball, what his minor league OPS was? 825. 740. So he never really hit in the minors. So expecting him to hit in the majors and be – a, like his, his slugging percentage in the minors, my the minors, the minors was 405 in the majors, it's 400. 272 batting in the majors, 291 batting in the minors. Like he hasn't regressed that much, it's just that's who he was. There wasn't another level to him, uh, at least with some, that what he was, yeah, yeah. At least with a, a Rokio, he's had a uh, his minor league OPS is a 780, so you know, a little bit better. Whereas... Ahmed Rosario, again, was a top 10 prospect in baseball. And yes, he was. But this is kind of the great lie that we all got fed when he was coming up, uh, that he was young for his level. So that that is the great equalizer. Um, I say it's a great lie because for a while, many of us, including yours truly, would bring this up. Like there's no better indicator of future success than being a younger than the level. And it was true. But that's because the truly great players excelled at those levels. Whereas when you're Ahmed Rosario and you're about league yeah, out, mediocre, yeah, excuse and uh that's that's just the thing he is what he is and what drives me batty in this situation where I'm going to kind of minorly disagree with you here is Ahmed isn't coming back next year he, he's, no, not. he's
1: not he's not there's that. no
0: way they're going and, and I talked about on yesterday's show it's like so why are we wasting we need to figure out what Tyler Freeman is we need to figure out what Brian Rocchio is we're gonna burn you know this whole year it's like there's no point in playing him there isn't like what you're hoping you're not going to, it's the same thing with police hack. You're not recouping trade value. Like these are guys, if you trade them, it's for um Anthony Castro types. This is a Bradley Zimmer trade value area on both those guys. So at this point in time, it's like make a med a platoon bat in the super sub. And yeah, it completely hoses his free agent value. But as a team, you can't afford to run him out there. And even if he has his, you know, he, he does play poorly at the start of the year. And I've talked about this on the show all the time, but like, he's playing even more poorly than normal. Like the rebound, if it comes, isn't going to be enough to balance it out. And he's a below average defender. So he's not bringing you anything with the glove. So when he he's is, not running,
1: he's not running. This yeah. the one thing. Well,
0: so thing he does well, he's not bringing any value right now. He is a sub value guy outside of, he's apparently a great dude, great teammate. Um, Great, so we're going
1: to have a happy clubhouse of losers. Is that what we're saying? Hey, everyone's going to be happy. We're not really upsetting anybody, but we're going to keep losing to the freaking Tigers on May 8th.
0: They're 1-4 and against the Tigers. I'll say it again. 1-4 and against the Tigers who are geared up to have the second pick or third pick in this year's draft and did nothing to improve on that team. Nothing to improve on a bottom five team. Would you
1: say Ahmed Rosario's OPS was in the minors?
0: Uh 741. Do you want to that know who's
1: was
0: do you want to know was to higher in the minors? Uh like every shortstop they haven't played
1: yet? Uh not a shortstop, but just to kind of hammer the point home today, Eric Haas had a minor league OPS of 796.
0: Just so and you know. and just to, to add into that, Eric Haas had some really bad years in there. Like he was almost a non-prospect and entering his fifth or sixth year in the minors. Um, and, and you know, at some point. We're going to have to have a segment on this show and again, Nolan Jones is playing in Triple-A Albuquerque. New Mexico is not a fair environment, but for a team desperate for power and Juan Brito, it looks like something special. So I'm not going to hate on that trade, but Do they really way- need another another Juan
1: Brito? Juan Brito
0: you know, but it, at some point, we're just going to sit here and start running Nolan Jones's line across the bottom of the screen. Not today, <laughs> but in the future as he's he's going to soon have more home runs than the whole Guardians team. And again, the most hitter friendly environment probably on the planet of the earth. So we'll put so that bad, there. Man. But like for a team that needs power in some form, shape or way. I, yeah, it's and Like I said, it, it's. Zanino has come back to earth. You know, you got one guy with above league average OPS right now, and that's Jose. Um, we knew Zanino would come back to earth. They, they got to figure out a way to make it work. There are small ways, but you're right. Barring some kind of crazy big trade, barring things falling apart and trying to do a, you know, a refresh for next year. Um, you know, cause that's the thing. Like if this team is, you know, seven, eight back at the end of July, Bieber might be gone. Like that could happen. You know, maybe they flip a med for, a Pack of triple A batteries, you know, it's they I don't know what they do other than like hey, we need they would have a higher OPS. <clears throat> well, it, it's it's not even like not to knock him again, he could be a great teammate, but it's like he's taking reps and you're paying him millions of dollars. So it's like, hey, if another team takes him off your hand, that saves you a four million, and you can just use those reps on your billion and a half shortstops. Like, you know, I someone talked about how in the comments you're a Jose Tana denier. Um, I'm just going to point that out, but like Jose Tana is still on this roster and I, he's still not hitting after what he is this like? his soon? Is this his seventh season in double a, that's what it feels like. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, they have all these short stops. It, I'm not the biggest Ty Freeman guy, but I'd like to see him play. I don't know if he will. Uh, you know, we got to still see Roki. David Fry you, played. David played. Hey, David Fry played. I can't confirm this. Uh, yeah. but for Where's how David
1: long? Fry? Uh, well, they don't face, they face lefty on Wednesday. So hopefully he exists again on Wednesday. And I don't know. I thought it fine. That's the best you can really say. You
0: know, and, and, you know, we should running low of time here, but it's like talking about the game, uh, heading forward. Uh, they have to win tomorrow because Eduardo Rodriguez has pitched really well. And there's a good chance if they lose tomorrow that they are facing a sweep, uh, a good chance of being swept against the Tigers and going one in five or no, one in. Wait, did I get that wrong before? I'm sorry. They're one in three against the Tigers. They kept saying one in four. They're oh, one in yeah. three. Uh, I was already giving them another loss, the inevitable one that's coming. But they have a good chance of going one in five against the Detroit Tigers. Again, the only team whose offense is worse than the Tigers this year is the Cleveland Guardians. This is not a good team, and they're getting owned by them.
1: Yeah, I looked up earlier. Guardians left on base. They are the seventh. They have the seventh uh, worst uh, most runners left on base this year, but you know what they don't have in common with the six teams ahead of them. They all have an OPS plus near league average. The guardians OPS plus is 78. They've left 244 runners on base. The Red Sox have left 244 runners on base. They have an OPS plus of 113. The Mets have left 247 runners on base. They have an OPS plus of 96, which is, you know, four points below league average. Everybody else ahead of them has an OPS plus above league average. So the guardians have nothing in common with any of those because they have the worst the guardians ops plus 78 the next closest team is the cincinnati reds 81 cincinnati reds are not trying to win this year they are not a serious franchise outside of i don't know hunter green and nick lodolo that's about it uh yeah so not great uh hey at least the defense was good today that was i mean I know Akil Badu doesn't appreciate it, but that uh, yeah. the throw and the catch by Jimenez was great. I and mean,
0: Miles Straw saved another run. I mean, it yeah. very easily Tenor Jimenez had two should have given it up day. another run. Um, if you want to look at, like, the
1: smallest sliver of silver linings, the team is not taking their bad offense into the field. Like, that <laughs> is the, the thing you can maybe take away the most is this team is not taking – because that often happens with young players. You you struggle to the play. You take the defense and you take that on the defense, and they're not doing that right now. So that's good. Um I don't know if this is good news or bad news for the Guardians. Michael Lorenzen is a bad pitcher. Um he's he a reliever. Having, yeah, basically. everything on his everything on his staff cast save page is blue except for fastball spin. Uh all of his pitches have been getting destroyed this year except for his fastball. But guess what the Guardians don't do well, Jeff? Fastballs. What? They all they only hit fastball, or they don't. They only hit fastballs. I'm sorry. Well, Michael Lorenzen's fastball is his best pitch. He has nothing else. So, uh, yeah, that's good news. So he has one pitch. It's the one pitch the Guardians can hit or cannot hit. So that's great. So that should be a good combination for uh, six more hits and one run.
0: Yeah. No, it's just it's it's. I know at this time of year ago people were like, "Don't be negative," but it's hard not to be. There's expectations Uh, now. I'm sorry. You know, they, they have to do better. And when your offense is the worst in the league by the margins, we're talking about when they are just not able to, when every single game they're underperforming, when they're not taking advantage of the new roles, when they seem to just not understand things compared to the rest of the league right now, it's like, what is going on? Why are they not doing things that everyone else seems to see as commonplace? And, I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. I'm sorry to, to say that. But uh, this team is what they are. And as Justin stated, we're not going to see massive changes unless they completely implode and then sell off. Those, the changes approaching. You want. Those are the only cha- massive changes that are coming. Yeah, we'll see Bo Naylor at some point. Um, we'll, see, we'll see Valera at some point. We'll yeah. see Valera. We'll see Rokio. I don't think we'll see Gavin Williams. I'll just go ahead and say that with all the other call-ups and the depth.
1: If they're if they're playing well, there might I could see something from him late. But they, they, if they're if they're out of the race, there's no reason to bring them up.
0: You know, to talk about someone with some walk issues in AAA again? Small sample size, but um, I think we'll obviously we'll, the
1: guy has no control. You, you just you know, yeah, so you might as
0: well yeah. just cut him. Just cut. Him. There's yeah, no I point based on him. what we saw uh, according to that other writer. Hopefully,
1: hopefully we look <laughs> stupid on on. Not June eighth, but hopefully we look stupid on July eighth after they've gone, you know, eighteen and ten in June or something. They the offense reverts, like you know, Jimenez gets it back together, and and Will Brennan or Oscar Gonzalez or Valera or Ahmed goes on a heater, and I don't know. Maybe hopefully we'll look stupid, but you know, the guys who are here have to hit. That is what it is. Otherwise, like you said, Bieber Rosario traded for whatever you can get, and and you're looking to 2025 and hoping that you know. I, John Kensington, well, I don't know. I don't know what you can really, I mean, I don't want to, nope. you know, be the doomsday guy and say 2025 is doomed, but the guys in the 40 man roster are pretty young, either make a trade or you are going to yeah. be hoping this works out next year too. And, and the same
0: questions, you can't keep being the bridesmaid. They, they thought they had Matt Olson, then Freddie Freeman signs with oh. the Dodgers. That's, that's, that's probably the biggest pivot point in recent team history. If Freddie Freeman resigns. With Atlanta, I, I think Matt Olson is a guardian. I honestly do. Yeah. And then well, for two
1: years. I don't think they're re-signing him, but for two no, years he's here. Year.
0: Probably not. But uh th- then the Murphy situation. Like at some point you gotta stop clutching the prospects to some degree, get that deal across the finish line. They thought they had Murphy at last trade deadline. I think they were probably closer at the deadline than they were um this offseason. So it's like yeah. it, you at some point you just gotta get that over the line and use some of that depth, consolidate. We've been talking about, I've been talking about consolidating prospects for three plus years. Hopefully we'll see it uh get done if this team is in contention, but it, it's frustrating. But at least you did not take a Mike Zanino thrall throw to your nethers. So no matter how frustrating it is, at least you have got that going for you. Watching the Guardians offense
1: isn't isn't uh doesn't feel the same.
0: At least we don't have to ice ourselves down after the game.
1: I don't want to take a cold shower or a hot shower after the game to
0: Cold as shower. As it's myself. got you, got, got <laughs> you, really.
1: <laughs> hot shower, I should say. I smell like hot garbage. Watching the uh, offense. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, But we we thank you all for sticking through us again. We know is not the most fun time to be a Guardians fan. So uh, we try to keep it even. We talk about the positives, and negatives. We try to keep it fun. Throw some stuff out there for you. So we hope everyone is appreciating that. Uh, Call a friend, please. And we will. Uh, yeah, we. You know, we're gonna we're gonna keep going at it. We are here every day. We got your team every day. Uh, thank right you all again for being part of the Lockdown Guardians uh, team. And uh, go, go, Guardians, go.